Hey everyone, welcome back to another season of Data Driven Health Radio. I'm your host, Dave Korsunsky. On this show, we speak to the experts and break down the technology and the data that is allowing us to measure, optimize, and understand our health in ways that have never been possible before. This show is for the health hackers, the data nerds, the athletes, the execs, the high performers, and anyone looking to take their health and their game to the next level. Be sure to check out our website and our health analytics app at headsuphealth.com and feel free to shoot us an email, support at headsuphealth.com with any comments, questions, or feedback on this show or our app. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and let's get into our next episode. Hey, y'all, welcome back to Data Driven Health Radio. Very excited to interview Mr. Keith Norris from PaleoFX today, a stupendous badass in the health and wellness scene, and a guy who I've really, really enjoyed getting to know over the last little while. Keith, great to be sitting across from you on this interview today. Happy Friday. Thank you for joining us, sir. Right on, Dave. Thanks for having me on again. I think the last time I saw you was in London. Is that right? Yeah, we were comparing Burning Man stories at the health optimization <laughs> event in London. And, right on, and, yes. and both already eager and planning next year. Uh, yeah, hell yeah, man. Yeah, I yeah. think I still, uh, by that time, we both still had playa dust on us. I think we did fun. have a little bit of playa dust on us. But man, <laughs> what an incredible event. Why don't we just start there? So for, for those who are listening, Keith and Paleo FX and, and a few other companies put on this event in London called the Health Optimization Summit. And I can tell you as one of the vendors who was there at the show, the energy was just absolutely phenomenal there. So yeah, for a first year show, it was it was incredible, right? And this was our foray into Europe. We being Paleo FX had wanted to go into Europe for I don't know, five years. And we specifically wanted to go into London five years ago. Why? Were you seeing something there in the market? Right. Well, it's a, it's a huge market over there, but more so in the biohacking realm than in the quote-unquote paleo realm. Yep. And there's some reasons for that. But yeah, we had wanted to make a move there for five years, boiled down to bandwidth. We just didn't have enough people on the team to be able to pull it off by ourselves, nor did we have anybody actually in London to be able to run the show. And totally. Put on a show, you have to have boots on the ground. And if you don't, you're going to be in a bad way trying to manage a show from no especially kidding. across the pond. So, so that's how the, the synergies worked out beautifully. You know, I right. got in touch with Tim and we signed up as a vendor <clears throat> and then you guys jumped in and uh, Bulletproof jumped in and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, we need a bigger venue here. Right, right. And, uh, it was just a really, really well-run event. So that's, that's the Health Optimization Summit in London. Man, we, right. we were equally surprised by the amount of education and interest around health hacking, biohacking, whatever the heck you want to call it, health optimization. Right. Pick your word. But um, they were hot over there. In, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting over there, Dave, because there is such a huge interest in, in biohacking, health hacking, whatever you want to call that. I would call that like the next level, right? That's the next step up. So in the U.S., there is a big uh, groundswell of just general health, mm -hmm. right? So in a large part being forced upon us because of the insurance situation in the U.S. right now and the fact that because insurance in general is crumbling and less and less people have access to insurance, people are having to take just general health 
they're having to be the captains of their own health and wellness. Yep. Um, whether they like it or not, they're having to do that. Well, in yep. Europe, that's not so much the case. Yep. So the people who are interested in health and wellness there are generally the biohackers. Yep. Right. And so, and that's just a consequence of, well, in this case, government policy, but that's just the way it falls out there. So I, a paleo FX type conference in Europe might not have been as good a sell, but a biohacking conference in Europe was definitely a big sell. Yep. So it just depends on how you want to package the information. That echoes what the feedback <clears throat> that we've gotten as well from some of the companies that we've been working with out there since the event, starting to roll out our software in a few clinics out there. And it's the same thing. It's, it's less about the chronic disease right. over there. And it's more about high-end optimization and, right. uh, it's, and it's, high-end wellness, hyper-wellness. And we, we saw that five years ago when we went over there and we were like, okay, well, we know how to navigate this particular part of it. We just skew the show to more biohacking. Okay, cool. Yep. And that's essentially, you know, and when we partnered with Tim Gray, you know, two big bonuses for Tim. Number one, he understood that as well. Yep. He understood that aspect as well. And he had a functioning team in Europe that was ready to go and specifically in London and they were ready to go. And it was not their first rodeo. I mean, they yep. had not done an event of that size before, but they had done events. They were gotcha. well first. Yeah. It was just a great partnership. Yeah, cool. Well, we're super excited to go back there. The, the feedback we got was absolutely awesome. But let's back up to your story right. and how you got involved in this world. Now, as I think I've, I've mentioned to you that I um, discovered Paleo FX back in 2012. And mm -hmm. I think that may have been the second year. I couldn't go, but... I was in Silicon Valley at that time working in a, in a big tech company. And like a lot of tech guys, I was just really interested in self-optimization. And so I ordered the DVDs from Paleo FX 2012. And <laughs> I sat in my living room in my Lazy Boy with my laptop and with Evernote open. And I like took notes on every freaking video. That's how I, hard I nerded out on that stuff. And Jack Cruz was speaking and there was like 150 people in the audience and it was just like early days. So give right. us a little preamble. Like how, how did you get to the point where you started all of that and then just take us on the journey of, of Paleo FX from the origins into the, uh, the marquee event that it is today? Right. Well, I mean, I could go on for hours about how this came to be, but I'll give you the uh, TLDR version of it. Yep. So and Michelle and I are both corporate refugees, right? Yes. I was in pharmaceuticals. Michelle worked for a company who uh, essentially built Starbucks shops up and down the East Coast. Mm -hmm. We were both doing really well. You know, we were rolling. We were living the American dream. Big house, big cars, kids in the best schools. We were doing the thing. Measuring our success by the next big house, the next big car, all of that stuff, like many people who live the American dream do. But both of us were hollow inside, and we didn't know exactly what that was. Uh, we weren't satisfied with what we were doing. I was surely not satisfied working for Big Pharma, you know, having ri risen up to a level to where I had insight into what actually goes on in Big Pharma. Having started in Big Pharma as a kid, let's say a kid, I was whatever, 26, 27 years old at that time, and really thought I was helping humanity. You know, when I first started off in Big Pharma, obviously, we all know the story of how Big Pharma operates. Mm -hmm. From the business standpoint, hey, I get it. I'm an entrepreneur too. Businesses exist to make money. That's what they do. 
Yep. Now, as entrepreneurs, you and I, Dave, we have skewed that to where it's more of a heart-centered thing, right? We offer a service that we truly believe in. And oh, by the way, we have to make a profit to make that company up and running. Yes. But Sometimes people not, forget that part. <laughs> some people do forget that, but that <laughs> profit is required. What do you to, mean you got to charge me for this app? You crazy? Right. <laughs> Just go pay for those engineers yourself. <laughs> so there is a fine line about that. But I think, Dave, both you and I, we don't have investors. We're not trying to make a profit, you know, quarter to quarter to quarter to to satisfy investors. We have a mm-hmm. different motive as mm-hmm. to how we run business. So all of that said, Michelle and I were uh, were pretty hollow inside, and we had started an exit plan how we were going to get out of this. We didn't know exactly what we were going to do, but we felt that we were entrepreneurs at heart, and we were going to figure something out. And could, we could had I interrupt our, you there, Keith. Yeah, yeah. I, I apologize, but I, I'm always interested in this part. You know, like right. there must have been a shift that happened at some point for you to even develop the awareness. Right. For me, I can take it back to the day that I was like, all right, I am fucking done with this corporate life. And I was in a meeting of executives, of pharma executives, and the meeting, essentially, the pharmaceutical that I worked for at that time, their mainstay was all things diabetes. So insulin, delivery systems, everything you can think about that manages diabetes, obviously as a profitable business, right? Sure. Highly profitable. Highly profitable. And I was in a meeting of executives and the discussion, this was, I don't know, it was around 2007-ish, somewhere around in there. And the discussion centered around the hockey stick incidence of diabetes in the US, right? And the feeling in that room was almost giddy. Right, because they're in the business to make money, and they see more and more and more clients, and they see younger and younger and younger clients. And the name of the game in business and marketing is get them young and keep them as a lifetime customer. I mean, that's that's Coca Cola, that's Pepsi, that's Kraft, that's everybody. That's that's marketing gold right there. And you couple that with uh, an exploding demographic. And, you know, that's a huge win. And at that point, I was like, I'm done with this shit. I'm completely done. Because at that time, I knew how to control diabetes. I knew it was diet and exercise. It was the easy shit that Big Pharma was not, obviously, not going to discuss. Personally, for me, that was a shift. And for Michelle and I both, the big shift in 2009 when our, our daughter died. Our daughter was in college. She was involved in an auto accident. And she lost her life. And that obviously devastated Michelle and I. And the good outcome of that was it made us fearless, Mm -hmm. right? Because now we're in the middle of the 2008 recession, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Michelle and I have now lost every bit of fuck you money that we had in the recession because we were heavily leaned in in real estate because real Mm -hmm. estate goes anywhere, right? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Except in 2008, it went south. And, and that was a big motive, motivator for us. I mean, we were just fearless at that time. We were like, fuck it. You know, you, yep. you a daughter like that. What does bankruptcy mean? It means no absolutely. kidding. Yeah, wipe, wipe the slate clean and, and let's, let's reimagine the whole canvas. Right. And that's what we did. We're both uh, native Texans and we love Austin. And we knew that uh, Austin was and still is like a hub of entrepreneurship and especially entrepreneurship as it has to do with health and wellness. Yep, And so we packed and uh, drug our asses to Austin, Texas and set up shop. I opened gyms. She opened a paleo catering company and we were off and running. And a few years later, sitting on the tarmac at LAX, we having gone to another conference in this realm, 
we sat on the tarmac waiting to take off, fly back to Austin, and we just started brainstorming, you know, what would a conference look like that was rubber meets the road, Yep. right? Take all of this, all of this paleo ancestral wellness theory and put it to practice. What would a conference like that look like? And by the time we got back to Austin, we had it, a uh, business plan sketched out on the back of a Southwest Airlines napkin. That was our business plan. That and, was my uh, business plan too, brother. <laughs> and six months later, we had the first show in 2012. And that's yeah. how fast it came about. Yeah. yeah. So the 2012 was the inaugural event. Then. It was. Yeah, I it was probably still show. have those DVDs somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that was a big marketing faux pas. So it's funny how you go into business, right? And you think the moneymaker of the business is going to be a certain something. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to have a conference. We're going to capture all this on DVD because DVDs were still relevant at that time. And this is how we're going to make money. And that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it did not happen. And then it turned into a fulfillment nightmare, right? Oh, so, yeah. So Michelle and I are the ones, you know, looking Of course. Yeah. <laughs> In the living room, like, okay, right. note to self, never <laughs> right. do this again. <laughs> right. So we were like, oh, yeah, we got to rethink this. Uh, yeah. The vendor floor. I, I, I was a beneficiary of that. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy about it. Glad you enjoyed all. them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's business, right? I mean, yeah. you just, like you go to war with the army you have, mm-hmm. you go into business with the idea you have and you let the market tell you what it wants, which is exactly what we did. And we yeah. just happened to have just enough money. And I mean, just enough. We were so close on the brink of bankruptcy in 2012. It was like week to week. It was ridiculous. Welcome to my world. Right. I did not know. It's the world, right? And this is the side of entrepreneurship that people don't realize. And this is why you have to be, and I always say, if you do not have an ironclad why, you will not make it as an entrepreneur. No way. 100% agree. fucking hard, man. You'll pack it in. You'll you'll take that corporate gig. You'll you'll do what you need to do and you'll tap out. I agree. You know, they say with every overnight success, it was 10 years in the making that that you don't see easily yeah so yeah. people come to paleo fx now and, and first timers and god bless them we want everybody to come to paleo fx but they walk in and they were like oh yeah it must have been like this from the get-go mm-hmm. right or yeah he's living things- large guy, guy <laughs> right. made it big you go. Right. yeah this is no lie we are still getting out of debt from the first few years yeah yeah, I, I don't want to bellyache too much about it. My only point is that if you go into entrepreneurship, man, if your why is not rock fucking solid, you will tap out. There's just well, no other way around it. Yep. I mean, after I watched the 2012 series, in 2013, 2014, I had the, the idea of building Heads Up in my head. And I was attending Paleo FX. I was sleeping on Dr. Justin Marcajani's couch because that's all. I didn't even have the cash for a hotel room. Great guy, by the way, if you're going to be sleeping on somebody's couch. Yes. uh, Special style uh, shout out here to Dr. (laughs) Justin Marcajani. Thank you for the crash pad in those early days. But I'd fly in. All I could afford was just the uh, pass to walk around the show floor. But I had so much fun and it was so many friendly faces. And, you know, I got invited to the parties and stuff like that and really just felt like I was really among the industry I wanted to be in. There was, there was never any tech companies at the show back then. I know that's something that you guys did a really good job of this year and starting to bring in, aside from just the, right. the nutrition, the food part of it, but like there's really a lot of cool health biotech 
biohacking technology on the market. So oh, yeah. And this, this that's is, why I wanted to go and show off there. Uh, just this, last year. How the demographic has shifted, right? In 2000, 2012, 13, this was still kind of a uh, back to the roots type movement. So I'm a child of the 70s, right? And I remember my parents not so much. A lot of my friends' parents were like hippie parents, right? Mm-hmm. And it was all the back to the earth type thing and doing that. And this movement started off in my mind. It seemed very, very familiar. And that's why it seemed familiar. It was that old 70s, kind of Southern 70s, back to the earth thing. And it remained that way for a couple of years. And then it started this shift. And it didn't necessarily shift away from like that old back to the earth feel, but they started to incorporate all of this new stuff, all of this quantified self stuff. And that started to be layered on top of sustainable farming and you know all of the what i would call the basics the foundation and then you have the tools to measure it and personalize right optimize it right and that's how it shifted people were like okay we got a hand on this on the basic side of it now what else what else and and that's just it people are asking what else yeah well that is the what else now let's get into measurables and tracking and that's high-end hyper wellness right there like going back to what we talked about in london which is like okay i know i feel pretty good but like right how do I take my game to the maximum level it's in whatever exactly pursuit it. that I'm interested in? Okay, I, I bought this product that I'm going to eat, but it jacks my blood sugar. Right. And the person beside you that doesn't jack their blood sugar. Right. So how do I measure my heart rate variability? What the heck is heart rate variability? Right. Well, it's probably the most important biomarker you're not tracking. And right. so like, how do we start to do that? I know BioStrap was a vendor last year. Right. And, uh, we were right next to Keto Mojo. They were right. doing glucose and uh, ketone testing. And then we had our platform set up that, that really lets the fanatics go deep on their data. So it was exciting to see it, it evolving, basically. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And in the, the uh, 20 show, you're going to see a whole section of the hall dedicated to biohacking. This right, is how well, far we got to get in touch with your crew and make sure you we're there. In touch and get in there. Yeah, it's because the demand was there. I mean, there's so much demand this and yeah the saunas i remember there was a couple sauna companies there's the photobiomodulation stuff happening now like there was a lot of cool tech there i mean you know the way i use this personally and the way i use heads up personally is i work with a doctor here in town dr dan stickler who's been a speaker at paleo fx his whole deal is human optimization right Mm -hmm. health first yes but don't stop at health first then it's health optimization and then he works with you what do we want to do? What do we want to optimize? What do you want to see? What are our targets? Yep. And the only way that he can track if you're going in the right direction is to use a platform like you have to be able to track that stuff. Yeah. You be able to labs, lifestyle data. Yeah. Right. And um, maybe some functional testing if you right. if you want to go deeper or you're not getting the results that you want. You're making the lifestyle modifications. The blood work may or may not be there. Maybe right. there's some functional testing, and that's getting into the stuff that, like, Chris Kresser and, and mm-hmm. other uh, functional medicine experts will help you look at. Is there a, an environmental toxin? Is there a, mm-hmm. a virus? Is there a pathogen? Is there a hormonal problem that is affecting you? So there's ways to go a level deeper if you need to. Right. But the optimization part of it is getting that healthy foundation the nutritional side of it in place and then just started to hack it to the nth degree. Right. And, and man, I, I can tell you, I, I turned 55 in November and I've never felt better. Yeah. 
I mean, and, and all of that is just optimizing everything and tracking, you know, and, and people sometimes confuse tracking with being a slave to the data, which I am not, right? Nor and am I. Right. It's intellectually so, rewarding. I understand how to use it. I'm not going to run to my doctor if I get a bad blood sugar reading or freak right. out, but a lot of people do. And uh, right. that, that there needs to be some balance there. For sure. And it's kind of like the stock market, right? Back in the day when I used to dabble in the stock market before I kind of said, fuck all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I would hang with guys, you know, when I was at work and they would just watch the freaking ticker and every yeah. little bump one way or the other, they'd wig the hell out, you know, yeah. they call stockbroker and sell yeah. or call it a yeah. site. And I was like, no, fuck that. I mean, look at a, a year, five year, 10 year trend. Now we're talking, yeah. you know, one day blip. And that's kind of the same with your, with your personal data. You know, obviously the, the timeline is a lot shorter and they, sure. you know, you're talking a few days or weeks of trend and now you've got a, something, you know, if you see a, tr- a trend going in a certain direction, obviously you've got something to worry about. But for me, for instance, I stayed up late partying last night and my HRV this morning, you know, no shit, took a plunge. <laughs> uh, well, I'm right there with you, sir. I may or may not have had a few cocktails myself last night. And uh, I looked at my HRV right. this morning, I'm like, Ugh. All right. Right. And it's, <laughs> right, my heart rate's up, you know, my body temperature's up. And my, but it's so and my cool. It's like, really, I, yeah, okay. I, I would have never had that awareness before. And it's right. like, okay, I'm still going to indulge. But I know right. that like, okay, after a day or two of like getting those numbers in the wrong direction. Right. And, you know, for me, a lot of it is, especially when I'm on the road, I don't sleep as well in the hotels and I'll see my recovery starting to trend down. And, right. and then I know how far it's gone down and I know how much rest I think I need to build up before I can really push my body again. So it's like a calibrator too. Right. Anything. Well, I'll tell you, Dave, one of the biggest things I learned from tracking data, one of the biggest things that before this, I was like, now nah, I'm Iron Man. I got this. Yeah. I now know that the biggest hit to my recovery is alcohol. That is yeah. absolutely the biggest hit. Yeah. Followed closely with sleep. Yep. Now, any other forms of partying, and I won't dive into all of those, yeah. but those don't affect my heart rate variability nearly, nearly like yeah. alcohol does. And, I, and I'm talking like two drinks. Yeah. I go past two drinks. It's That's about the same for me. Nose dive. It's a nose dive down. And even if I have two drinks, but the drinks butt right up against bedtime, then right. I could see an effect. You know, if I have those earlier in the evening and my right. body's able to process it out, and that's really, really helpful, especially when your whole company depends on your own resilience and right. it depends on you not being a grouchy asshole in the morning because you're not right. getting enough sleep. And it depends some days on you being able to go six, seven calls back to back and bring your A game every single call. Right. That is resiliency. And if you don't even understand what that means, then you're, you're missing out. Right. And you're just not performing at the highest possible level. Right. And it's, it's made a big difference in the amount and the frequency that I drink. Because like I said, before I started tracking this stuff, I would have told you, nah, it doesn't bother me. It yeah. doesn't bother me. Yeah, well, it does. I mean, I was lying to myself. I mean, I yeah. felt, I could feel it, right? Yeah. But I was just lying to myself. Well, now I can't do that. I've got the data. You know, yeah. every time I can correlate. Party tonight with drinking, yeah. tomorrow morning, HRV is in the toilet. It never fails. Yeah. It never fails. Well, so, we're kindred spirits there, <laughs> for sure. Now, tell us a story here, Keith. At one time, you guys thought about rebranding the event. 
Right. And was was there a, a, some backlash against that? Like, were you trying to go after a, a larger section of the market? I only got <laughs> anecdotal pieces right. of that, but ultimately you kept it right where it is, presumably in right. response to feedback from your community. Well, yes. Um, feedback from the community and feedback from branding experts. And I'll have yep. to say that we that we honored feedback from community over and above the branding experts. Yep. So here's what happened. So a couple of years ago, we're watching, yeah, there's a couple of things. We're watching the Google trend of searches related to paleo starting to decline. Yep. So we had that. We also, now we were at that point, I don't know, five years into this uh, paleo thing and we were just getting worn down trying to defend the paleo name totally right we were like no it's not a reenactment movement we're not telling you to go back to the spear in the cave you know yeah. we're, not, we're not telling you to eat mastodon and you yeah. know all this crap that that circles around the paleo idea and we were just getting worn down by that and so we thought well maybe to attract a wider audience because yeah. that that is our why is to make each and every person the captain of their own hell and have them be the captain of their own vibrancy that is our ultimate why yeah and that's like, very well, similar to ours and if we can't reach those people how can we accomplish that task yeah. so we thought okay well we'll rebrand and we'll yeah. rebrand you know and cast a wider net so we went back and we thought of you know okay how, how are we going to rebrand is it going to be like health fx you know what is the term that we're going to use and we toyed with that idea for a while. We came up with a few branding options and then we called in some branding experts. Thank goodness, you know, we have some really, really good friends who are branding experts. Yeah. Who know us, know our mission. And yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, they were like, look, man, you are crazy if you abandon this brand right now. You yeah. are at the precipice of being able to break through. Yeah. You've just got to hold on for a few more years. Yep. Yeah. And it's going to turn the other way. And the big thing that they told us, and this is something that I had known from my, so I was a political science geek back in the day. Mm -hmm. And one of the tenets of political science is if you own the message, you get to define the message. Yep. No matter what that message, you define it. No one else does. And the branding experts told us you are on the verge of owning this term and you're going to be able to make it anything you want. Yep. And so we did that. We're like, okay, now we'll double down on it. And we did awesome. that. So we doubled down on the term and now we own it. It's a constant drumbeat out of our site. Every time I come on a podcast, I say paleo is much more than diet and exercise, right? Yeah. It's seven pillars. It's mental, physical, emotional, yeah. spiritual, financial, relational, and tribal. Yep. That is paleo. Yep. Seven pillars. And to the extent that a person can elevate each one of those pillars, they're going to be a more optimal human being. Yeah. And yeah. And so that's what we've done. It's just a constant drumbeat of that message. Yeah. Oh man. There's a lot in those pillars for sure. And there's yeah, some, totally, some, yeah. some deep ones in there too, especially when you start getting into the spiritual. Broke, for sure. Yeah. That's been something in my own life over the last several years. And actually it was a health issue that kind of, caused me to say, wow, why, why am I was incorporated? I'm like, why am I, why am I so stressed? And why do I have these heart palpitations and why can't I sleep at night? Right. And, and it cracked me open. And then I started learning meditation and developing self-awareness. And um, now I use a lot of different modalities. You know, some, some I'll talk about, some I won't, but right. um, the spiritual side of it is probably the most important and, and the most beautiful and the most 
fundamental for me. And, you know, even in this path, you know, even now when you you, you think you have it all figured out, there's weeks where I go, man, my resiliency is not where I need it to be. And the way I calibrate my own resiliency, a lot of it is through my emotions Mm -hmm. and through the way that I'm relating to other people. Right. And when I'm not able to relate to people in a way that, that feels aligned, then I know I need to spend more time meditating in the morning and the evening. Right. And I don't need to do that every day, but I know that when I'm, I'm getting myself too worn down and just staying connected and I love going deeper and deeper sure, yeah. and deeper on just like that part of it. And, and I and think that everybody has that right to explore their consciousness ever, ever how they think the right method is. Yeah. Right. I think that's a fundamental right of each and every human being to be able to do that. You know, in 2016, Michelle and I are massive proponents of plant medicines. Mm-hmm. I personally, we were massive proponents of it. And in so, 2016, we wanted to break this out to the paleo community. And there was discussion within our, within our inner circle if that was a smart thing to do or not. It's a touchy one, man. Touchy, touchy one for one, sure. Yeah. Yep. And, but we made the decision to go forward with it. And yep. the, way we, the way we rolled that out was with a panel. Yep. It was a shaman shaman panel. At the event? How did I miss that event. one? I don't know. It was 2016, I believe, is when we rolled that out. Yeah. And uh, I moderated that panel. And it, I think it was on the second day of the show, if I remember correctly. And I was nervous about it, man. I got to tell you, I was like, are we going to get like the ultimate backlash here? Or is it going to be embraced? And that panel, I got to tell you, Dave, was, uh, was number one, the most highly attended panel we had. And it ah, the there you go. Back ratings that we had. In well, fact, people are yeah, curious. They are. We need it's, the tools more than ever. Right. Is is well, they should be. And then, I mean, it has been a a big part of PaleoFX since to the point to where now we are in a position at PaleoFX that we can actually support organizations like Maps. Huge. You right. And so, in Maps, for people who don't know, is an organization that supports the uh, MDMA and psilocybin use in the in the prevention and, well, I'll say cure of all types of depression, PTSD especially, uh, and PTSD especially with service members, because these medicines are freaking highly, highly, highly effective, and they've just been persecuted over the last 40 years because of the drug warrior in the U.S., and it's ridiculous because these medicines work. Well, I know that psilocybin, I just read an article recently, has for a second time been granted breakthrough status. Right. Which right. is a very rare label that right. the FDA will use when it's just like, this is a no-brainer. Right. Get this on the fast track. That's been really, really exciting. And I think the movement around cannabis and seeing how that has, right. in my opinion, been extremely successful. Right. And has set a precedent for how can we responsibly use other types of plant therapies. Right. And, um, you know, if you can just go get a little pill with some ground up psilocybin in there for depression or PTSD or anxiety or even creativity. And again, if we go back to this notion of human optimization next level, there's lots of creatives out there, designers, entrepreneurs, and, and they'll just, they're not tripping their balls off. They're just taking like, you know, a tenth of a gram of psilocybin. Right. And it's stimulating creative energy and it's doing all these good things. So I think we have a precedent now with cannabis. And then what else can we layer on top of it? So I I hope that that continues to happen. 
and I hope it does too. Um, you know, there's there will always be the prospect or the possibility of abuse with anything, right? Totally. I think we've just become numb as it pertains to alcohol in the U.S. We've just become numb to that, right? And so, you know, alcoholism is rampant in the U.S., but no one really bats an eye. It's you know, it's a personal issue. Yeah. Well, the same is with with any substance, man. And the, you know, the idea is to to raise people with the idea that responsibility is part of the game, man. It's, yep. you know, there is a heavy responsibility with, with use of anything, whether it's alcohol, psilocybin, LSD, MDMA, whatever it is. Yeah. You are responsible for your own, for your own health and well being, and to act responsibly. And to the extent that we don't raise our children with that idea of responsibility that responsibility should be the government's problem or your problem. You know, it's everybody's problem, but mine, that's the wrong way to go about this. Well, then we throw pharmaceutical solutions at a lot of these mental health problems. And that may not be the, the best approach either because there's, right. there's so much mental health out, issues out there from societal pressures to lack of access to, to healthy foods, the food deserts, as they're often called. And that, right. as you know, contributes to a lot of mental health issues just because right. people are eating garbage. And that actually has severe effects on cognitive function. So yeah. if there's ways that these natural remedies can help with that, I think they also help have a lot of potential to help with substance abuse issues, yeah. especially because those, those modalities help you work with your own ego and uh, also work with processing trauma and pain. That's probably why mm -hmm. the MDMA therapies are so... Right. successful for the PTSD because they allow the individual to enter into a state where they are at peace to the point where they can process a memory that the ego would otherwise block as painful. Right. Let's right. lock this away and then bring it to the surface. So I'm equally excited for, for right. these things to come forward. And it allows them to deal with whatever that issue is with a with kind of an objective distance. Yeah. Right. And that's what these medicines do. They allow you to to observe the inner workings of your sub this with with enough distance so that you can let that nasty stuff out that yep. has been locked away in your festering. <laughs> right. It's festering, but it's been locked away for a reason, right? Yeah, because it's a defense because defense. Lock it away. This mechanism. is painful. Yes. Right. But it's a defense mechanism that is a short term answer, right? Totally. And in the long term, it can just wreck a person. 100%. Either emotionally or physically. So the key is to be able to get that out and deal with it as soon as possible. And the way to do that is to put the person in a position to where they can deal with that stuff with an objective distance between whatever the issue is and their conscious mind. And I, I've seen it work. I mean, I have done, I, I can't tell you how many ayahuasca ceremonies, Wachuma ceremony. I'm getting ready to dive into a Wachuma ceremony this Sunday again yeah. and sitting in circles and seeing this play out over and over and over and over again with people and it works and it's cheap which is the other thing i mean relative yeah. to pharmaceuticals which is why there is so much pushback obviously from the pharmaceutical industry yeah right it's a money grab game and they see that evaporating totally and they don't like it well I know I get to drop some baggage every time I go to ceremony. And, right uh, you know, I'm a few yeah. pounds lighter emotionally every time I come out of there. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it, it works, man. And it, it just works. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, it's exciting to see that that is, is now been validated as um, a theme for yeah, the event. And, for and sure. it's, it's, I mean, you, the proof was right there. The, the session was jammed. It got the highest ratings. 
people are really, really intrigued and curious. So that that's really awesome. You've, yeah. you've got the nutritional template there. You've got you've got the tech coming in. So it's, it's really starting to evolve in some really fascinating directions. You know, and, and one thing that I'm really excited about is, so we have a our whole millennial generation that's coming along right now that is just getting freaking hammered financially. Yeah. Right? And my kids are millennials and they're smart kids and I see them freaking struggling. It's a tough environment to be in. Yeah, it's terrifying, man. You, the student loans alone are how you get started. That's that's right. how you're starting off life, you know, with that yeah. nut. Then you enter right. the corporate world trying to deal with that. It seems yeah, like a difficult situation to ever get out of. You're right. starting in the hole. Right. You're starting in the hole, you know, but you can think of a, of a college student coming out 40K in debt. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the average debt is, but it's something like that. Whatever it is, it's way too much. And oh, by the way, that debt does not go away if you happen to file bankruptcy, right? That's one of the few things that sticks. You could go through bankruptcy, have oh, every, have the slate wiped clean, but guess what does not get wiped clean? Student debt. Uncle Sam's debt. stays with you. Yeah. And so these kids have, and they're in an environment where, you know, the, the baby boomers came about in a economic boom for the U.S. It was yeah. almost like show up and you're going to make it. Yeah. Get out of bed, show up, and you're going to make it. I see kids, millennials, hustling their asses off, barely making it. Smart, totally. yeah. driven, everything, and they're barely squeaking by. Yeah. So, you know, financial health or overall health, we believe. Yeah. And so, you know, bringing tools to these people to help them navigate this this pretty rough financial situation that they're having to navigate. I think that's hugely important too, because what comes along with financial stress is stress overall on the system. And we yeah. know Doesn't, stress, yeah. it doesn't matter where the stress comes from. It's stress and it's tough on the system. So are you seeing that as a demographic now coming towards absolutely. you guys? Yep, absolutely. And that's really why the whole health entrepreneur FX side of things kicked off is because we saw entrepreneurs within this space with great ideas, great passion, super, super driven that did not necessarily have the business acumen or tools to be able to put that in place and get it to roll. That's cool. Right. So that's so that, that's that the was, health, yeah, health uh, entrepreneur effects. I've seen yeah. you guys marketing that. So that's to provide some mentorship right. and uh, some guidance from, from the people in the community who have been very successful. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Pay it forward. It's, yeah. Michelle and I have always seen paleo FX is like the wrecking ball, right? Yep. So paleo FX exists to, to break the old paradigm. Yeah. freaking demolish it but okay so what's going to happen after that paradigm is after it is demolished someone's going to have to come in and fill the void and yeah. if it's not dave you and me and other heart-centered entrepreneurs coming in yeah. to fill the void i can tell you who's going to fill the void and it's sure. not going to be pretty it's going to be even worse than it what is now yeah so we want an army of able heart-driven entrepreneurs to be able to fill that void yeah that's That's beautiful, man. You know, I I know you and I have gotten friendly, but we've never really sat down and talked about like the mission and and, right and the why and how you see it evolving. And it's just really great to hear it. uh, Right on. Yeah, that's that's the overhaul, the the 30,000 foot view of how we see uh, Paleo FX and Health Entrepreneur FX working together. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, if you haven't been to Paleo FX and you're listening to this event, it's been absolutely my favorite way back to 2012 and it's in austin texas what are the dates this year keith 
So it'll be the 24th through the 26th in Austin. That's 2020. The Health Entrepreneur FX event is the 23rd, which would be the Thursday prior. Yeah. Great after parties, man. There's one thing I love about this demographic, and you and I can relate to this, Dave. So the Saturday night party, the uh, charity party is going to be Burn for a Cause. So it's going to be a Burning Man inspired uh, party. That sounds awesome. awesome. At an awesome venue downtown. In fact, I'm going to that venue tonight. For a, for a different party. So Michelle and I were just, and it's been the last couple of years, we've like, have you noticed that there's such a huge overlap between the burner community and the Paleo FX community? I and love it. I mean, it's it's a huge overlap. That's the most ancestral living I get in my 365 days a year. Right? You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you're out there in the elements and <laughs> right. it's, it's tribal living, man. It's like, right. okay, I get it. This is how it was. And uh, it's like, it's, it's beautiful. And it's like, people are so happy when they just get right. a taste of that. It's like, okay, yeah, there's just something Think there. of the, the ethos, yeah. the, the overlap of the ethos, right? Radical self-reliance. Yeah. Radical, uh, radical self-expression. Radical yeah. self All of that stuff. Leave no trace. Everything. I mean, it's just a perfect... They just dovetail perfectly together. And I've always said, man, the healthier a person is, the harder they party, right? Yeah. Because that is a natural expression of... Joy. joy. Yeah. yeah. It's a natural expression of joy. The healthier yeah. you are and the more able you are and the more yeah. enjoyment you get out of that act. So yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm really happy to see you weave, weaving those threads together. Right. So uh, I'll be excited for that Saturday party. And if you're part of the Heads Up community and you haven't been to Paleo FX, absolutely the marquee event of the year. Definitely make sure you get there. Keith, you're a beautiful man. I hope sometimes we get to sit together in right ceremony. On. And uh, yeah. I, I'm really enjoying our friendship and our partnership and our collaboration and getting to know you and Michelle better. So. Uh, Thanks, man. Thanks for taking time out of your day to, uh, to come share with us today. Right on, brother. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Thank you for listening to Data Driven Health Radio. 